Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye, everyone. Well, I just said ready, Freddie, and people tell me they can tell I have kids just because I say silly things like that. But here we are. We're ready for cover time. Nice. Hey, that's that's cool. It's true life. It's who you are, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just listening to actually just this meeting on digital marketing or just like using social media for churches. And one of the suggestions this professional had is said like, use voice to text like you should be including the um the same like speech and language that you would use normally should be reflected in your posts and i'm like i don't think church wants to hear ready ready (laughs) but i could probably Uh, take that a little bit but maybe not go too far so (laughs) yeah man as you're saying that i'm just thinking about all the stuff that our kids could probably still repeat back that we said or sang to them you know over and over and over when they were little yeah yeah that's totally it's like yeah that that's real but yeah i don't know if everyone wants to hear that yesterday nathan told me that hazel now says oofta which is what i say and i felt (laughs) very proud that is awesome your wisconsin is showing through i love it yes exactly yeah that is fantastic so all right well let's dive in jeff why don't you go ahead and give us a summary from your sermon on sunday well yeah it's uh, a passage uh, a story that probably almost all of us if we know anything about the sort of the the direction the new testament is familiar with it's peter's denial of jesus and uh so the the passage itself that we were looking at was focused in on just this experience of uh while jesus is on trial by the religious leaders peter is down in the courtyard outside and and so matthew and the other gospel writers are kind of very intentionally setting up this these parallel track that matthew that peter and jesus are heading down jesus is on trial in front of the religious leaders and peter's going through kind of his own trial out in the courtyard in front of a couple of servant girls and like some random people hanging around and that in itself is kind of significant and uh and you know of course i think again most of us are familiar with just the the facts of the story uh peter keeps sort of having getting confronted first like hey aren't you one of jesus followers and no i don't even know what you're talking about and then a little more intently like no i'm pretty sure you're one of them i think i saw you hanging around with them no i swear i i don't know what you're talking about and then Finally, the the last and third one, when Peter's really backed in the corner, he's calling down curses on himself, like swearing with God as my witness and may God condemn me to hell forever if if I know anything about this guy. And, and it, you know, it's, it's almost like that you can hear the dun, 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 the dramatic music where the rooster crows, uh, just as Jesus had predicted. Mm-hmm. And Peter remembers Jesus had told him. He would deny him three times before the rooster crowed and and he goes out and weeps bitterly. And that's the end of the picture we get right there. Uh, What we did on Sunday was I I thought, you know, so many of us know this story. Well, I think what we really want to look at is what led Peter up to this. How did Peter get to this point? Because this is the Peter who just, you know, a couple of hours earlier is saying, 
I'll go with you to death. Even if everyone else denies you, Jesus, you can count on me. And where Jesus, of course, says, Peter, Peter, you're going to deny even knowing me before the rooster crows. And then it's this whole progression. So what we dug into yeah. is this progression of Peter not really listening what Jesus is saying to him, not taking Jesus seriously, overestimating his own strength, uh, looking for the wrong source of identity and security in the face of challenges. And, and just, you know, he's, it's almost like he's gone down this path and, and if he'd even stopped to think about it, maybe he would have thought like, wow, you know, I'm, but I'm already here and, and how we can all live in that place. But, but Peter, I think really could have stopped at any point. And, and that's the point for us, like to look at Peter's example, to try and identify the pattern and, and the sort of the slope, the downward slope that Peter gets into and try and look at our own lives and say like, boy, where do I, you know, where have I done that? Where do I see myself in this? And how does Jesus help me not slide all the way down to the bottom? and and mm -hmm. dig a hole for myself that yeah he can get me out of but it would be better if i learned from peter's mistake and and i think that's and i think that is the story here because all four of the gospel writers are very clear in recording this story of peter's mm -hmm. failure like mm -hmm. it's right there for all of us uh and and i think that is the whole point of the story one that uh, Peter is not the hero. He's he's not the focus of the story. And that this is part of what Jesus is going to the cross for is not just Peter's denial and overconfidence, but all of us that can see ourselves in this story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Jeff, how do you see yourself in this story? Have you ever oh, had a Peter moment that you'd be willing to share oh, with us? Man. No, of course not. So that's a ridiculous question. And I'm offended you would even ask that. Uh, <laughs> You're a pastor. Just yeah. <laughs> Boy, you know, I, I, I think Peter falls into that category too. Oh, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Church leaders don't do stuff yeah. like that. Uh, you know, I, man, talk about things that we had to cut for time. Uh, yeah, I was even thinking about in the context of this story, the... Um, Peter, you know, looking for comfort, identity, significance uh, from the wrong people. And I remember this moment when our first child was born, our daughter, Jackie, who's Jacqueline Faith. And uh, I was just chatting with some guy in the lunchroom at work. Um, and he asked like, oh, Faith, that's an interesting name. Why did you guys pick that for a particular reason? And I just it was like good. I mean, like an opportunity to have a spiritually significant conversation handed to you on a spirit on a silver platter, right? And I totally biffed it. Like, I'm like, oh man, what do I really tell this guy? Like, we're Christians, and he's gonna think we're weird. And and I just like punted. I said like, no, no, we just like the sound of the name. And he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jeff, what was that like? you intentionally pick this name because mm -hmm. you want you you care about faith and you want your daughter to grow to be a woman of faith and of course it's an incredibly significant name and you picked it on purpose and yeah and it wasn't like 
I mean, it was about as scary as what Peter was going through, like just a conversation with a guy in a lunchroom. It's just the servant girl like, hey, you're one of those Jesus followers, aren't you? Mm-hmm. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, of course. Yeah. We probably all had not that exact thing, but yeah, moments like that where. I was going into a difficult conversation with somebody and I didn't even pray about it. Like I just told myself, oh, I've got this. I know how to handle this or, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course. You and I were just chatting beforehand, like about parenting stuff, right? Like how many times in our marriages or in our parenting do, you know, we're just like overconfident or we're like not intentionally asking God for the help from him that we know he wants to give us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we end up falling on our faces like Peter. Uh, I, yeah, of course. And I think that's uh, obviously why the story is here for us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. So, Jeff, is there anything that you needed to cut for the sake of time on Sunday? Yeah, there. man, a couple of things. One was um, a couple of commentators pointed out and I had to, I, you know, I didn't trust him. I had to go read and confirm it for myself, but Peter never appears again in the gospel of Matthew, which you think like, wow, that's what? That can't be right. I mean, it's Peter. And you read through the rest of 26 and 27 and 28. And you're like, no, there's no more Peter. He's not even referenced. I mean, Jesus promises, I'm going to go ahead of you to Galilee when I'm raised from the dead. He meets with the disciples in his resurrection in chapter 28 and gives them this commission, but Peter's not specifically mentioned. And just kind of an interesting, I think, um, because of Matthew's focus in his gospel on the kingdom, on Jesus' kingdom that he's inviting us into. And Jesus is the king who's inviting us into his kingdom. I, I think maybe it's just this kind of subtle reminder, like the story is not about Peter. It's not about Matthew. It's not about any of these disciples. It's about Jesus and the availability of his kingdom to all of us. Uh, And, and so if anything, it's just like subtly, but intentionally taking the focus off Peter, off any of the other disciples specifically, because Jesus is the focus and Matthew is so intent on wanting us to see Jesus, to look to him, to listen to him, to follow him, to put our trust in him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a little interesting observation. Um, yeah. It's like, huh. Yeah. That, that's, um, that's, that's an interesting one that Peter of all people like, no, you're not putting your hope in Peter. I'm not, I don't want you to focus on him. Look at mm-hmm. Jesus. Jesus is who you need. Jesus is what this is about. Yeah. Do you think that um, once Peter heard the rooster crow, that that's something like Jesus also heard and knew Mm. like what had just happened? Yeah. You know, so Luke in his gospel gives us this detail that uh, Jesus, like Peter and Jesus lock eyes at that moment. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus looked at Peter. And Peter goes out and weeps bitterly. And so that, of course, has raised all kinds of speculation. Like, boy, what was that look communicating? Was it yeah. disappointment? Was it condemnation? Was it? And I don't think that there's, I don't, I, I think Luke leaves that up to us to maybe kind of fill in, in terms of, well, what do you know about Jesus? And what kind of a person is he? And what do you think he would be communicating to Peter by looking at him? I mean, 
maybe it's all of the above, right? Like Peter, I see, and I know. Yeah. But Peter, I also, I mean, I also want you to remember what I told you, like, yes, that you were going to blow it and you need to quit trusting yourself. But also when you look at me and see me sacrificing myself for you and what I'm going through, I'm doing that because I love you. This, this is the cost of that sin, but this is also the loving, gracious, freely given payment for that sin that I'm offering to you, Peter. So look at me and, and see what it takes to rescue you from sin, but receive that gift too, Peter. I'm not, I'm not doing this out of anger or condemnation or judgment. I'm doing this because I love you and I, and I love fallen humble, repentant, broken people. Those are the people I came for, Peter, and that's you. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. Again, you know, we could speculate why Matthew doesn't include that detail. But I, again, maybe it's also because he's not focusing on Peter. He's focusing on Jesus and, and the king and his kingdom. Um, mm -hmm. okay. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think that rooster crow... Um, I, I don't remember if I brought this out. I think I did. Like, it was literally like a, a, an alarm clock for Peter. It was like the almost like the 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 sharp noise that that just like jarred him and and brought him back to his senses. Almost like you know, in in the story of the prodigal, like he came to his senses, and for whatever reason, like Jesus planned prophesied and orchestrated this thing to be the alarm clock the the like cold water to the face that, that got peter's attention to to remind him to humble him and you know of course we know how the story comes out for peter ultimately it, it was to bring him to repentance and to remember that jesus still loves him and there's still hope for him because the the cross isn't the end of the story. I mean, Jesus and Peter's failure is not the end of the story. Jesus is going to the cross, but he's also going to rise again and in the hope that those who are with him will rise also. And that includes Peter. That includes all of us who have, who have fallen. Mm -hmm. That's the hopeful part of, of the story. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so Jeff, someone asked you a question and you um, thought it might be worthwhile sharing over cup for time. So <laughs> yeah, it was uh, someone, someone grabbed me on Sunday and we got into an interesting conversation sort of like, you know, so why is this here in a sense? Like Jesus is telling Peter in advance, you're going to fail. And then Peter fails. So what's, you know, it's not in a sense, kind of like, why, what is, what does that mean? And it reminds uh, me actually of like when we studied Judas's betrayal and like mm. Jesus saying like what's going to happen is Judas is someone will betray me and Judas had already begun to do that and Joey kind of talked about it in cut for time about like Judas was not a pawn like we are not a pawn in God in like bringing about um, God's plan or whatever was prophesied to happen. Um, but so then if Peter is not a pawn in this prophecy or just of like the plan of how this needed to be carried out, then why did Jesus tell him you're going to do this um, to me and there's nothing you can do about it. This is just, what's going to happen. How does that, like, yeah. how do you balance that? Yeah. I think, I think that was part of the question too. It's like, so, I mean, did, so then does, did Peter's choices actually matter? Did he have any choice? And mm -hmm. yeah, this is, I mean, so part of the answer is it goes to the whole mystery that is 
ultimately beyond us of like God knowing everything that's going to happen and being in charge, uh, you know, sovereign over all things. And yet our choices actually matter and we make choices. We're not robots. We're not pre-programmed. And, and at the end of the day, when we stand in heaven, uh, you know, I, my hope, my faith is that somehow God will actually enable us to be able to understand how that all worked out. Like I made my own choices and yet God was still in charge of all of those things that happened. Mm -hmm. So Peter is not a pawn. He's not a puppet. He's making choices that Jesus knows he's going to make. Mm -hmm. And I, but I, so there's a couple of things there. Then, then the point of that is one, <laughs> that Jesus actually is the Messiah, the Lord, and the eternal God who is in charge of all things and knows all things. I mean, yeah. that's, that's part of what's going on here. And, and I say that because there's, I think Matthew again, intends for us along with the other gospel writers to remember back to the the kind of the parallel paths that, that Peter and Jesus are heading down. So at the same time, this is so cool. At the same time that Jesus is in the upper room with the religious leaders and they're mocking him and, and slapping him around literally and making fun of him and saying, prophesy to us, you Messiah, who is it that hit you? Right. Because they they yeah. refuse to accept the the possibility that he actually could be the Messiah. And, and so they're mockingly saying, oh, prophesy to us while at the while at literally the same time, Peter is down in the courtyard experiencing the reality that Jesus did, in fact, accurately prophesy the very thing that's happening to Peter. And I just, that just is so cool. It blows me away, right? Like the, the, these, this one group of people are so blinded in their rejection to Jesus that they can't see what is literally happening before their eyes. Not 30 yards away from where they're mocking Jesus as a false prophet, Peter is living out the fulfillment of Jesus' prophecy and demonstrating that he actually is the Messiah and the prophet, yeah. the king and the eternal God. And I just think that is so cool and so amazing. Mm -hmm. So when Peter is experiencing the grief and the brokenness and the regret, the regret over having done exactly the thing that Jesus warned him he was going to do, it's also actually an encouraging reminder to us that Jesus is who he says he is. He mm -hmm. is the Lord. He is the true prophet. He is the faithful representative of God. He is God in the flesh because no, who else could do that? Right. And, and, and so there, there's just, again, this, this great contrast and tension that Matthew is pointing out between people who are willing to listen to what Jesus is saying and consider who he actually is experience him to be the King and the savior and the Messiah and the prophet. And these, you know, the, the people that harden their hearts and close their eyes, all they can see is, you know, a false prophet and a liar and a blasphemer. Mm -hmm. But literally right in front of them is the evidence that they've totally missed who Jesus is. And I just, oh, that that is just so, mm -hmm. uh, so much of how Matthew structures his gospel, uh, this, this tension and this invitation, this kind of 
open-ended invitation that Matthew constantly has in front of us as his readers to reflect on which one am I and where am I going to fall? What am I going to do with Jesus? Am, am I one of the hard-hearted religious leaders who are, you know, denying Jesus? Am I a, a trusting, faithful, flawed disciple who, you know, doesn't get it right, but I still believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Um, where where do I fall in those? Be because Matthew said there's there's plenty of evidence for you to be able to see who Jesus really is, if you're willing to consider him. And, and that's what uh, what Matthew wants us to take away and what we, what Joey and I hope people take away from, you know, going through Matthew's gospel is that people come yeah. away encouraged and having a renewed hope and strength and vision for who Jesus really is, because he is the king who is worthy, the gracious king, the king who bows down to serve uh, and save to bring us into his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So that's a good place to end is yeah. people to just like now go, go ahead and reflect on, you know, who do you believe Jesus to be? And then are your actions and does your relationship with Jesus reflect who you say he is? Um, one thing to like Peter, it's like one thing to just say like, yes, you're the Lord, but like, is he really like, how are you treating Jesus? And like, are you willing to like actually follow and like just declare, you know, that he is Christ in your life? And what does that look like? Yeah. Even in the daily things of like, you know, kids that aren't obeying like we'd like them to, or opportunities to talk about people at work when they're asking, you know, kind of good open questions that, yeah could lead to a meaningful conversation or how I respond to that frustrating circumstance with my neighbor or, you know, all kinds of things yeah. uh, and, and opportunities to testify with our lives and our words that Jesus really is the savior and the king of my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Super. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Claire. It's always good. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.